The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to shorts and tees and bikinis. And for anything I'm trying to update in my wardrobe, I'm not trying to spend a small fortune. Let me tell you about Quince, because I just found a bikini, top and bottom, $50. High quality, $25 for the top, $25 for the bottom. There is a certain Australian shearling slipper that I've been looking for, and I found it for $50 on Quince. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lexi for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lexi to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lexi. Are you looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? Let me tell you about Recess Mood. It's infused with functional ingredients. It's not just a sparkling water. It has mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. It comes in four delicious flavors, strawberry rose, tropical bliss, blood orange, and raspberry lemon. I think raspberry lemon's my favorite. I do like strawberry rose a lot as well. I love a fun beverage. It's nice to crack one open, pour it over ice, to unwind at home, chill on the couch, treat yourself to a night in. It's a great replacement for alcohol. It's also a way to stay balanced while on the go when you're running errands. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. So head to takearecess.com slash Lexi and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the At Lexi podcast. I'm your host Lexi Lombard and my oh my, I'm ready for a new week. This weekend exhausted me. I am very much doing the whole work five days and then bender on the weekends and that's an exhausting hamster wheel to be on. It's something that I don't necessarily want to. No, no, it's even worse than that because there's multiple days during the week that I'm also finding times to go out but it's a specific time in life for everyone historically this is a wild summer and on a personal level I'm trying to give myself as much grace as possible to behave in ways that maybe aren't in my nature but in some ways here's wow I could really go on a few tangents right now Let me finish thought number one. Y'all know this is how it goes sometimes. Sometimes I get so excited about my next thought that I can't even finish my first one. But the hamster wheel, it's not exactly the most um, balanced way of living. And it's definitely um, a great way to lead to burnout because we also need rest. Rest is very important. And if you're not incorporating rest into your weekends and you're not incorporating it into your work week, you are going to get burnt out. It's just a matter of time. The second thought I wanted to say is about giving myself grace on this personal level. Something interesting about grief is you assume a lot of your behaviors are going to be a side effect of the loss. Uh, for example, I'm, I can only think of my dad and myself really as examples of this, but I will find I'll get frustrated at my dad for something 
And then I have to tell myself, oh, well, he's grieving. He's going through something right now. Like, maybe I shouldn't be frustrated at him for this. And then I remember that he was like this before. And this is just a personality trait that he has. It's just a behavior that he has. And it has nothing to do with the loss. The only difference is maybe I should be a little bit more sensitive. And I find myself having to remind myself of that as well. When I'm acting a certain way, I will in some elements decide to blame it on grief and say I'm going through a lot right now and, and try to give myself, cut myself a little slack. And then I remember this is something that I was dealing with pre-loss. Uh, so that's just a little side note of something. Like not everything that a person does day to day, day in and day out is a side effect of the loss, but some things are. For example, few episodes ago in the episode I'm a mean girl I was dealing with a lot of anger and that's unusual and that I am attributing to the loss of my mother because I have no previous history of being so incredibly irritable and so on edge and so moody no matter if it's that time of the month for me or not I don't experience it on a level to that degree and that can absolutely be attributed to this, but other aspects of my life and personality are not. So anyway, getting ready for a new week. I love recording on Mondays because you're gonna hear it on Tuesday and I used to record when I had time during the week, whatever day that may have been, whatever my schedule allocated for it. But now I decided it makes so much more sense to prioritize the podcast and give it a certain time. So I always am going to record on Monday and edit on Monday and upload on Tuesday and that way, it also gives us the closest amount of time to it being a live episode where everything I'm giving to you, it's not pre-recorded more than 24 hours max in advance. So everything that I'm saying to you is very recent history and as close to live as we can get right now. Maybe one day in the future, I can do a live episode. That would be so fun. I'm still in my bedroom. I'm not in my bedroom. I'm in my living room, still in my apartment recording these episodes, I actually have a friend of mine, Tiffany Barra, who has the Take Me Out podcast, and I've been a guest on her podcast before, and I got to be a guest on her fourth season. The episode turned out really well, but she records in a studio. It's an entirely different experience. It's very fun. I actually feel incredibly comfortable being in a recording studio, not for any sort of singing purposes, but for podcasting, it feels pretty natural. I feel... Like, I'm pretty good at this, and I have no shame in saying that because I don't feel this way about everything. So when I do, I think it's fine to take pride in the fact that I might have a skill set that's mildly natural. I've always been a communicator. I've always been able to verbalize my thoughts. I used to, if we really want to go back into it, used to be an internalizer, but always was able to understand what was going on in my head. Uh, just a matter of verbalizing it became something I learned later in life. I mean, even my first AIM username was Lil Miss Chatty. So I've been a talk talkative girl for a while. Um, also, I'm glad that I'm in my apartment to record. I thought I was going to have to record in my friend's house. I'm co-dog sitting this week. One of my friends is in Miami and... The dog sitter, one of my other friends is dog sitting, but she works a nine to five and can't be there during the day. So I was going to take the day shift and she was going to take the night shift. However, she got to work remote today. So I'm going to stay here. But I also was watching the cat last week. I was watching my roommate's cat, Mazzy, whom I love so much. 
And I was actually also supposed to watch my friend Charlotte's cat uh, while she was in Colorado, but her roommate ended up being able to do it. My God, I'm, I've really just been getting set up with, with animals and being responsible for animals. I have no pets of my own. The closest thing I have to a pet is my grandma's dog, Bentley, who I have a spiritual connection with. That This animal and I understand each other on a level that is so beyond words. It's a beautiful thing, but she's not my dog. She's not. She's not. But she's she's my child. She's my friend. She's my my soul sister. She's my everything, and I miss her dearly. I cannot wait to go back and see her, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I'm quickly bonding with Mazzy as well, who's the little cat that lives in here, which finally, if you want to see her, she's on my Instagram story quite frequently, but I'm making an official vlog a meet the cat vlog because I started to get so many comments asking who she is, can we be introduced? And absolutely, so I did that. I did that. It's going up. It's probably, mm, it could go up tomorrow. I, it just depends on the sponsor. Editing Lexi here to confirm that that vlog will be going live on my YouTube channel Wednesday, July 14th. <sighs> Animals are a lot of responsibility though. Dogs significantly more than cats. I will say that after getting to compare. And my favorite thing about animals is also my least favorite thing about animals, the language barrier. That's the most beautiful aspect of having a relationship with a pet um, or an animal in general is the fact that any connection that you have is completely nonverbal. They don't speak your language. You have to communicate in other ways. Anyway, that's been my life right now, but I'm actually not there. I get to chill at home. So I'm gonna go over little things that have been catching my interest lately because I have this series on my YouTube channel that I really have been dying to create a latest episode for that I just haven't. I don't know why I got in such a routine of vlogs and I've completely ignored this series. And the series, some of you will know, is called the Weird Series and it has two Ds. And Weird is an acronym and it stands for Wearing, Eating, Impressed by, Reading, Downloading, and Doing. And it's my video opportunity to describe all of my favorite things in a ton of different categories, all in one place. And I have collected such a tight group of favorites at the moment. I have a very specific routine and I go through times of my life where I am very routine and other times where I reject routine entirely. And this is a time in my life that I have wholeheartedly committed to favorites and I'm holding on to them for dear life for stability and or happiness and I want to bring up some of those things it's going to be a video it has to be a video but for example I got some new shoes from Mista that I've been perfect I got some retro Jordan ones that are black and white they're sick I've been wearing those I got this new skims dress guys I'm a fan of Kim Kardashian, big fan. I'm actually so recently inspired by Kim Kardashian. She's so sexy, like she is so hot. And I rejected her or didn't even reject directly, more indirectly. I had very little interest in the Kardashians. I did not grow up watching the show. I'm not sure exactly when I began taking note of the Kardashians. It was definitely after Kylie's green hair, after Kanye had entered the family. It was a lot later. 
I really, you know what got me to become a fan of Kim Kardashian? Skims. I don't know what possessed me. I'm not much of an online shopper. Full disclosure, I really, when I'm buying something, I like to touch and feel it and put it on. I always take... Hello? I swear someone just knocked on my door. Maybe they knocked on my neighbor's door. For some reason, when Skims first dropped, I figured, all right, if anyone's gonna know shapewear, it's gonna be Kim Kardashian. She knows exactly how to form herself into a shape that is unimaginable for human standards. But I'm, I'm a girl in the world, just like the rest of us, that is curious on how I can make myself look better. Okay, we can put that up for debate. It's, you know, me participating in the patriarchy. I want to elevate my place in this role by looking more physically attractive, right? Probably a flaw that I need to work on, but here we are. So I check out Skims, right? And talking about Kim Kardashian is so controversial in nature because of her impact, but let me continue. So I ordered this shapewear thong and I ordered a bra. You know what, to be honest, the shapewear thong, I never wear, it rolls down, it doesn't stay up. If I'm wearing it under a dress, it's very obvious that I'm wearing it because you can see this little bulge around the waist. I'm not describing it in the best way that I can, but I, you understand if you've ever worn some sort of shapewear. If it cinches around your waist, sometimes when you move, it starts to roll down. Anyway, so I don't find myself wearing that. However, the bra, the regular everyday nude bra that I got with a little bit of push-up, my absolute favorite bra. It is one of the only two bras that I wear on any regular basis. I put them on rotation. It is my favorite bra. My second favorite bra is from Adore Me, if we're going to get into the details. It's amazing. And the other day, I have an Instagram friend that posted her wearing this new Skims dress, a floor-length dress. It's sort of a stretchy gown. It's for loungewear, but I got mine in black. Anyway, she had hers in pink, and instantly I searched skims.com, and I found the dress, and I got one in black, and I've worn it, and it's my new favorite piece. It looks so good. If you go to my Instagram, I'm in a subway station, and I have a neon purse and I'm wearing Jordans. Like the black dress I'm wearing there, that's the Skims dress. I love it. I felt so confident. It knew exactly how to hug my body. And I don't follow any of the Kardashians on Instagram. And after buying the Skims dress, I'm like, Kim knows what's up. Like I'm also her going, taking this journey to become a lawyer is incredible i love kim kardashian the attorney i love that she's a sexy mom i love that she i mean like sex appeal like oozes out of her and sure she's manufactured or been altered in ways but i don't care because i know that you know what i'm saying like looking at kim kardashian doesn't make me want to get a brazilian butt lift it just uh, something about her something about the idea of her not caring other people's opinions don't seem to actually stop her from doing what she wants and maybe that's the moral of the inspiration from her and she knows how to look good <laughs> whether it's natural or not i'm thinking this all through as i speak it to you but she's just been something that's something someone 
that has caught my interest, but her as an entity in general has been such a point of interest for me as of lately. And it all sort of began with Skims. I found out I'm the last person to get on this Kardashian train. I watched the series finale, like the sit down tell all, which they didn't really tell all, but anyway, Kim and Kylie looked amazing. But you know who else is a total celebrity inspiration to me? Megan Fox, sexiest person ever. I'm just talking about my my celebrities that I think are the hottest in terms of women. Megan Fox, I think she, I still think she's somehow underrated. She's undeniably attractive, but she's an intellectual. It's very obvious. And oh, for that reason alone, I would love to meet her. I would love to have her at my dinner table and get to know her. Something about her is so intriguing beyond her beauty. And I also think her and Machine Gun Kelly are the hottest couple that we have in the celebrity market right now. Really a fan. Really a fan. On the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of entertainment, uh, something not very sexy I've been doing is reading a book called Blink. And it's the idea of thinking without thinking. It's a Malcolm Gladwell book. He also wrote Outliers, which I have not read. But it is a dry nonfiction book, and I've talked about books in my podcast. I normally give at least a shout out to one or two every episode or so. And I read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I read Daisy Jones and the Six. Those were the last two books I read, and they were fast reads. They were intriguing, very easy to follow along, quick, entertaining reads. This book, not entertaining really not entertaining. It's teaching me something and proving each piece of information that it provides me with through case studies, giving evidence to reaffirm their thoughts. And I don't care. I don't care. And life's too short to read a book that you don't like. However, I am learning so much by deciding to finish this book. Let me explain. It's very important to me, for my brain, to know how to finish undesirable tasks. And in this life, I've really cultivated a life for myself where I rarely have to do things that I don't want. And that's lucky. It's, it was strategic to create this for myself, but I need to know how to do things that I don't want to do. I need to keep reminding my brain how to persevere. I need to find ways to eliminate distraction when I'm only being distracted. For example, when you're reading something really dry, obviously you're going to get distracted. Your mind is going to wander to a ton of different places because whatever is right in front of you is not intriguing enough to keep your attention. And for, for example, I was a little stoned last night and I was reading this book before bed and I was getting extra distracted, but because of the nature of being a little high, I was thinking about my thoughts. I was I was hyper aware of what was going on, and every time that I would let my mind wander, I would take note of what made it wander and where it was wandering to. I would also take note of what I was reading that was particularly difficult, and I was also taking note of the fact that I really haven't done something like this since school. I've been out of school for over a year now. I graduated last May and 
school was a really positive thing for me. It's always been a relatively positive thing. I did well in the school system. It made sense for me. Sure, I had ADHD, but like I was able to do fine. Like it really was, it worked for me. The schedule worked for me. The socialization of being in a physical place worked for me. Having assignments, being tested, that all was fine for me. It made sense. And being out of it and completely self-disciplined, I've finally mastered. However, there's always fine-tuning. You know, when I was self-employed as an 18-year-old, I was a fucking mess. Oh, God, it was a shit show. It was truly a horrible sight to see. I had no discipline. I had no work ethic. I had no direction. I had no routine. I had no focus. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And that's why did horrible sound weird why I said like hor I don't know anyway sometimes I say horrible almost with an a on accident I also say orange that way anyway here this is why I'm was on medication that sentence in itself but also I don't like to (laughs) are we gonna go down this train to be honest the real reason I'm off ADHD medication is not entirely because I decided I didn't want to be on it anymore. The medication that I was taking for depression, you can't also take Vyvanse or Adderall or anything with that, so I had to get off it, Um, but I gladly took that, and ever since being off it, I think it's a good thing. I have a lot more personality, and as long as I'm doing all my little hacks, I'm able to get everything I need done. Uh, I just find it very goofy, just the little quirks that comes along with it, because it doesn't actually debilitate me in any sort of major way. And a lot of these little quirks of the of people with ADHD, I thought were individual to me. And ever since I found ADHD TikTok, I realize how unoriginal my quirks are and how directly associated they may or more than likely are to ADHD, which is sad in a small way but comforting in a larger way to know that okay I'm not a total idiot I'm an idiot with um with a reason (laughs) anyway when I was 18 and in charge of myself for the first time I was doing just enough to get by but in relation to what I as an individual was capable of I was giving myself putting in like maybe 20% effort and now I put in about 90% effort and that obviously has come with age and practice and time I think it also came from going back to school as an adult that was very helpful for me but reading reading this stupid annoying dry book reminded me how out of school I am because school is something that requires you to oftentimes do things that you don't want to do And once you're an adult, if your boss is telling you something that you don't want to do, sure. But outside of that, in your own free time, besides like mundane responsibilities of like, oh, like I have to clean my house or I have to drop this off at the post office, little tasks like that. But in terms of reading and learning, that's something that's all in our own hands. If I want to only read exciting fiction books for the rest of my life I have that freedom I can do it but I don't want to I used to love nonfiction. honestly I went through the self-help book phase when I was 19 or 20 I was so fucking depressed that that was my way of staying afloat 
But now, now I don't love nonfiction books the way that I used to. And I find, I think I'm reading a particularly, particularly dry one. I think I'm reading a particularly dry one. But it's been a wake-up call. I want to continue learning. This is a thought that a lot of us have post-grad where if you enjoyed school, understanding that if you want to continue learning, that that is something you need to do for yourself and you have to make time in your day to learn because we get so focused on a skill set, right? And we ultimately are exercising that one area of our skill set over and over again. For me, it's I have really fast editing skills. I can edit a video so much faster than I could 10 years ago, obviously, because I do it every single week. I'm great at being on camera because I do it every single week. However, something like politics, art history, all of that is completely on my own if I want to know it. I have to seek that out because my job doesn't require it. And if I want to be informed, culturally savvy that's something I need to take my own personal initiative to and I plan to do that (laughs) and it all starts by finishing this stupid fucking thinking without thinking book it's just the art of making quick decisions and when to do it and when we don't need to think very hard about something before making a decision Ugh, indecisiveness is so unattractive to me like just pick fucking pick it does not matter but I'm guilty of it too I'm not always decisive transitioning to something more positive i opened my journal again yesterday and i did a little prompt for myself i broke two pages into four boxes and i wrote 10 things that make me feel good loved and free 10 things i love to do 10 things i would love to have and 10 things that i'm grateful for and i sat outside on the balcony drinking my coffee writing this down, and I am so the type of person that asks these questions to others, and I forget to give answers to myself. So it was almost enlightening to me, for example, under the list of 10 things that I would love to have, one of them was a housekeeper to come clean the bathroom. I didn't even know that was something that I would love to have, and that's something I can completely take into my own hands and get someone to come tomorrow if I want, you know? Um, Another thing that I wrote down is a clean hallway, another thing I'm completely capable of doing. It's interesting to write down things that you would love to have and realize how accessible some of them are. Like a big closet was also on the list. That's not something I can really change today. But in the future, something to keep in mind when I'm touring future apartments or homes or whatever, to know that I would love a big closet. Um, Another thing I wrote is a new hobby. So that's something I'm gonna give a little bit of thought for. Uh, Under the list of things that I'm grateful for, I didn't realize how I've really developed a team for myself. (laughs) I've really found people like, I love my trainer, Jane. I love my nail tech, Andy. I love my hairstylist, Lana. And I, I love living somewhere for long enough where you have the people that you go to because moving around, finding a new doctor, finding a nail tech, finding someone to do your hair, it takes a little bit of trial and error, like finding your therapist, all of that stuff. It, it, takes a while to find people that you click with and knowing that I just have easy phone calls like direct contacts to make appointments to get something that I want and know that I'm going to be satisfied with the result is something I have a lot of gratitude for and on a side note I hate the way we spell grateful I hate it we should you know how we should spell it we should spell g-r-e-a-t but we don't so anyway and then things I love to do 
go out dancing, go to Prospect Park, eat sweet green, um, make vlogs, which was sweet. That came out on number eight, and I love that. I love that I love to make vlogs because you know it's not a chore for me. The only time vlogging is ever a chore is if I'm in a horrible mood and I have a sponsored deadline, but that has only happened once this year, so doing pretty well. And then 10 things that make me feel good, loved, and free. This was the category that everything was so um, so simplistic and sweet, very hallmark, you know, like things that make me feel good, loved, and free is a great conversation or an honest connection, physical exertion, giving and receiving compliments, a good night's sleep, you know, very wholesome, wholesome things. So I'd highly encourage you guys to whip out a piece of paper and it takes no time at all. It, but it, you know what? I take that back. It takes a little bit of time, but it's time that's so well spent because A, you have to take the time to think about what those things are for you. And it takes an extra minute to figure out what would you love to have? Because in a lot of ways, it made me realize that I have a lot of things that I, I've wanted and I'm glad that I have that and it, it gave me gratitude. But for things that I would love to have, you'd be surprised what comes out on paper. And then after you complete the four different categories to look back and reflect on what you've written down and what you want and what you're grateful for and what you love to do and what makes you feel good, loved and free. And then find ways that you can incorporate that into your week. I've always been a hater of Sundays. I fucking hate Sundays. I hate them. At least I used to. And I can't remember why. Maybe because I was always just hungover on Sundays and I wanted to do absolutely nothing on Sundays. And now I get up early. I just wasn't hungover this Sunday. I think that was the main difference. Which didn't make any sense because I think I drank more on Saturday night than I did on Friday night. But I was wicked hungover for a couple hours Saturday morning. I drank Mezcal. And it gave me a horrible hangover. I didn't even drink that much. Anyway, and like the night after, on Saturday night, I drank champagne and tequila and margaritas. So kind of a weird mix. But I don't know, for some reason I wasn't hungover. So I got up and I made myself a coffee and I sat on the balcony and I did that. And then I had to go over and I had to dog sit for a while. But oh my gosh. Oh, back to the dog thing. So my friend has a beautiful dog. His name's Laszlo, and he's a Vishla. He's stunning. He's a handsome dog. And I walk in, and there's, like, accidents on the floor, and I'm cleaning it up, and, and he's just running back and forth. But then I sit on the couch, and he just cuddles up and lays on top of me, and all is forgiven. It's so a sour, sweet, gone moment having a pet because you can be so frustrated, and then all of a sudden it all dissipates. And everything is completely fine and I don't have my own pet so I'm just learning this all through um you know the experiences of watching other friends pets it, it just was a very quick snap uh reaction to all of a sudden like ultimate forgiveness and it's a beautiful thing it's just a funny thing to acknowledge I think I've been talking for a little bit longer than normal how far are we oh gosh I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Anything else that I wanted to touch on before we get into your questions? I guess to finish off my Sunday and like discussing the journal prompt, it's a really great thing to do Sunday or Monday. I mean, you can do it on Tuesday. It's still a great day. Do it whatever day you want. I just think it's a good thing to do to put yourself in the right headspace. Also, 
keep clean, keep organized. It makes such a difference for me. So I'm assuming it has to make a difference for you. Having a clean space, I'm so much more motivated when I have a clean space, when I have dishes put away, when I have fresh laundry, when I have a small hamper, empty hamper, made bed, not even necessarily a made bed. That's the one that the mainstream encourages the most. And personally, I sometimes have a better night's sleep when I get into an unmade bed because it's it's more slept in and it's almost formed to the way that I slept in it last night and it's comfortable, hot take. But overall, I think keeping a clean space. Anyway, let's get into your questions. Let me see if I can give you any answers, any advice. Let's get into it. Right on track. If you guys want to ask any questions in future episodes or keep up with me, my Instagram username is the exact same username as this podcast. It's also my Twitter username, at Lexi, L-E-X-I-E. Very easy. The first question is from Gracia Agatha, and she asked for my inspos, which is exactly what I was talking about earlier. Who would have thought? I would have never thought that as a 25-year-old, I'd be sitting down to say that my biggest inspos right now are Kim Kardashian and Megan Fox, but come on, doesn't that feel like a very hot girl summer answer? Like, <laughs> Catch me, you know, in the winter, I probably am going to pick something different. I'm going to make a mental note of this. I might do a little journal prompt after we're done with this and write down all of my inspirations because for some reason that doesn't align with what I would have thought my answers would be, but I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm embracing my current love for Megan Fox and Kim Kardashian. And of course, I don't know anything about them. I have no idea what they're like in person, but from what I've seen, I'm inspired. Kaya Alberte asked, how do you find an aesthetic? You seem to have it figured out. Everything you do is cohesive. I'm gonna give a very graphic design answer on this. If you're a content creator, if you make vlogs, if you make posts, whatever it is, commit to certain elements for a period of time. For example, at least since March 2020, I think even before that, I've been using Times New Roman bold italic on my my title slides and in my intro. That is the font that I use. And then I had this purple color for a while. Now it's a green color that I used for the next day. And I have the same sounds, which A, helps for forming a bit of an aesthetic. Um, but it also helps with, on a subconscious level, ease for the viewer because they have an expectation. They understand there, there's a bit of a pattern to expect. Like there's a certain sound and a title slide and a font and a text every time in a vlog that it goes to the next day. Uh, in addition to that, same with my thumbnails, I do a white box normally with black text that is in Times New Roman bold italic, and I recently started adding a second font to it, and I've just committed to it. Same thing on Instagram stories. I either use the initial font choice that they have, like the first one, just the, uh, I don't know, the default one, or the one with serifs. It's either the last font or it's the second to last font and it's very similar to Times New Roman and I just use that and then I have a natural um, 
photo taking uh, I, I don't know what I would call it but I always take the same type of photos I feel like all my photos kind of go together and that's not anything intentional that just happens sort of naturally so that one I sort of lucked out on for myself and then with outfits I have a very small closet so it's going to seem like I have a cohesive aesthetic because I'm wearing the same things I have some variation, but I buy a few pieces each season and sprinkle in all my leftovers from the years. And, you know, I have one necklace. I wear, well, I have more than one necklace, but I've been wearing the Lexi necklace from Ana Luisa, which I think it's also called the goddess necklace. If you search Lexi Lombard Ana Luisa necklace, it'll come up. But that's the necklace I wear with everything. I have three rings that I leave on my dresser and I wear those every day. So it, everything seems cohesive because I just have my staples and I commit to them. That would be my advice. Beth Thermal asked how to get your power back after a sad episode. I'm so sorry that you've had a sad episode. I have a few pieces of advice for you. But first I would like to say please honor your sadness uh, and like almost comfort yourself for having that sad episode. Sadness is is such a endearing and uh, sad. I'm trying to think of another word. Like it's so sad when people are sad. That's so sad. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's such an innocent emotion. It's such a tragic emotion. And I'm sorry that you had to feel that way. But it's part of life and it's it, sadness is powerful in itself. But it makes you feel weak. I understand. I fully understand. So how to get your power back? Find a person. If you have a friend in your life or, you know, your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a person on the internet that just makes you feel powerful. I mean, I've got people in my life. But also, bringing it back, Kim Kardashian. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like, say what you want about her, no matter how contentious she may seem. She's powerful. That woman has power. And maybe that's the inspiration. Same with Megan Fox. So obviously her beauty is incredibly powerful. Like, it's actually stunning. Uh, but what I am identifying is that she also has this quieter power that would be... She would still be so powerful even if she didn't have her beauty. I think that's what I'm trying to say. But how to get your power back after a sad episode? Find someone in your life that is powerful, that simply being around them makes you feel powerful, or someone who's got the right words to say to you to make you feel back up to par, back and better than you ever were before. That's what you need in your life. You deserve that. And take a moment today and sit with your thoughts and figure out a game plan for moving forward. By all means, take the independent route, but I think there's power in numbers and get yourself a friend or someone in your life that can bring that out of you. Julia Gallagher 42 asked current favorite and least favorite trends on IG. I, I was thinking about this today. I really hate how frequently we're being shown the same images on Instagram for products. I saw the video from the Instagram, I don't know, with these creative director. We're, you know the video that I'm talking about. Someone from the head of Instagram posted a video saying that Instagram is going to turn its attention to video messaging and one of the things was shopping and with shopping I'm getting the same targeted ads that I know all these other girls that follow the same people as me are getting and we're going to run into the exact same problem that I've run into with the goddamn dress that I'm wearing in my podcast art the Hockney dress from House of Sunny was a piece that I got 
a long time ago, having no clue that it was going to blow up in the way that it did, that all of these fast fashion brands were going to recreate it. It was going to be something that you could get on Shein. It's something you could get on Amazon. I had no clue. Uh, and I find that frustrating, but it's inevitable. One of my, uh, just in general, the idea that I could see something that's cute, get it, and then it blows up to be something that everyone in the world has gotten shown on Instagram. It's frustrating because these shopping tabs are curated, but only to a certain extent. The more, yes, they're curated, but there's hundreds of thousands of people that are getting shown the exact same thing, even if it isn't the thing that everyone on Instagram is getting shown. There's still a gigantic group of people that are getting shown the same thing. And there's only so many options for clothes. Like eventually, like, you know, you can only be so original and I'm not trying to be particularly original, but I am trying to avoid having a shirt that everyone in the world has seen before. Like that's a little aggressive. So it's frustrating me because the trends are going to, I mean, the trend cycle has already sped up incredibly in in my lifetime and then definitely since social media has been around because we get sick of things so fast because we see it too much and it something that you thought was cute last week if you've seen it too much literally during the span of the week if you're having a tiktok phase which i was having one last week i will be introduced to something on monday and be sick of it by friday it is that fast and that is one of my least favorite ig trends it's not a specific item it's the way that we're being shown pieces and that is a trend right now, and I'm hoping that goes out because it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Ooh, this is tough. Julia underscore Montoya said you can only choose three burger toppings. What are they? Lettuce, onions, ugh, and I can only pick one. Ooh, part of me is like special sauce, you know, like that house sauce. If I just pick regular old hamburger toppings that they would have at any local cookout I guess I'd say ketchup but I also like mustard but if I have to pick three lettuce onions ketchup Hannah Welsh asked favorite night out activity lately so my two friends and I have discovered this little bar in the seaport that actually a friend of mine had a friend who opened a bar there but it's since closed down and I don't go to the seaport very often but my friends and I found ourselves there one night and I was like, oh, let's go to this bar. And we go and it's changed to a new bar, but we end up going inside anyway, making friends with the bartender and the owners. And it's become this weekly routine that we go and we hang out with them and we get into some sort uh, sort of absurdity. There's always some sort of absurdity that occurs there. And we actually have a group chat with the owners and the bartender. And it's it's just so funny. And it's this funny phase that we're in. And that's probably one of my favorite night activities. And we do that normally on like a Friday. Maya's Art LMAO asked, how to stop feeling stagnant in your life? Funny username. Some of your usernames are so funny. Like I was starting to read it like a first and last name because I'm under the impression that's what everyone does. Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm not. But like, that's how a lot of them I just instant instinctively read. So at first I was like, Maya's Litmano. How to stop feeling stagnant in your life. You need something new. You need something new, whether that's a new place to go for lunch, a new place to go for coffee, a new route to take home, a new piece of art in your room, a new arrangement of the furniture in your room, a new something. You need something new in your life to give you momentum 
whatever that may be. Something that reminds you that there's not a route or a hamster wheel that you have to be on, that you are in charge of your life. And whether that be in big ways or small ways, that you can make changes and start there. IMO Jen Dawson asks, favorite bag in your closet? I'm going to customize this answer as I do for many of your questions. My two favorite purse, my two favorite bag makers are Kara, K-A-R-A, and Kosha Numbers, and it's K-O-Z-H-A Numbers. I think the two of them are great handbag makers, and if it's not from them, I probably got my bag at Salvation Army, but I have about two or three bags from both of those brands and I love them dearly. There is a 99% chance when you see me holding a bag on Instagram that it's either Kosha Numbers, Cara, or from the thrift store. Oh, I love this question. I've never really thought about it before. Katherine Arnston asked, how would you describe your evolution on YouTube? Funny enough, I was watching through old videos recently It's, you know, I have my mom in a lot of my videos and it's really special to go back and watch them. And I will say, I've become, no, let me start with, in a lot of ways, my existence on YouTube has stayed the same. I show up for myself and to connect. I really enjoy the process of having a concept, filming, editing, posting, and reading comments. I love the whole process. I love how YouTube works. It's one of my favorite platforms. YouTube as a company kind of sucks and they really have a lot of improvement to do, but the process of making a video for YouTube is really great for me. Now, I have a much faster and more cohesive system than I did before. I would bop around all over the place. I also am a lot more reliable on YouTube. I post every week. People can rely on me to get content every week. I'm a lot more comfortable on camera than I was, but I was young. I would keep a clip in just because I thought I looked good in it, even if it made no sense to the storyline for the video. So there were a lot of random cuts and chops that didn't make any sense because I cared more about how the video looked visually than how it made a cohesive story and to make sure sentences all made sense. I cropped a lot of strange things out Whereas now, it doesn't matter if I think I look like pretty in a particular shot. If it doesn't make sense with the vlog, I'll just keep it out. I'm glad I got out of the hut. The hut? The rut. The stage? The phase? What word am I trying to think of? Of when I first moved to LA, because I really, from about 2014 to 2016, I was just trying to keep up with the trends because it was the moment I began to take YouTube as a career option. In a lot of ways, I find... The beginning years of my life on YouTube and my current existence on YouTube to be a lot more similar than my 2014 to 2016 time on YouTube because I was very much doing it to compete in the game of YouTube. Gabby Nolan asked, how many kids do you want? I change my answer on this all the time. I really wanted four kids. I don't know when I'm going to make the time to have four kids. I also need to make sure that I'm married to a man who is down or you know who knows if I'll be married or whatever committed to have a father who is down to raise four children 
And then I always said I didn't want to have just one kid because I'm an only child and I don't want my kid to be an only child as well because I know all the cons of being an only child. Even though there's so many pros, but it is kind of romantic to just have one child. I don't know. I, I don't know. So somewhere between one and four. Camilla.June asks, what do you do when you feel like you're the third wheel in a friend group? Hate to say it. Take a moment away. Let them miss you. See if they do. Because if they do, they're going to start appreciating you again. And if they don't, great. Now you know and you can move on. That seems very cut and dry and a bit blunt. But why waste your time? Why waste your time? We have this one life. Let's make sure we're surrounding people who really honor, care, and appreciate us. Becca Kindling asked, who is your favorite Disney princess and why? Oh gosh, it's not very deep. I love Princess Jasmine. Why? Because she's so pretty. Oh, I was her for Halloween as a little kid. She was so pretty. But I guess my second choice would maybe be Ariel just because she's a mermaid and that's kind of fun. Oh, but Princess Jasmine. Oh, I would love to answer this. And maybe it'll turn into a whole other episode. But I'm glad I'm saying it towards the later part of the episode because I want it to be something that could potentially start a conversation but if it's all I ever say then it's you know it's for the real listeners who have made it this far but Bloomin69 asked have you ever further questioned your sexuality so here's my thing like I've had things for girls before and had things with girls before never on any committed or serious level I've never dated a girl however I've never really questioned my sexuality because by the time I was having any feelings for girls, I was in my 20s and it was beyond acceptable. I live in New York. No one's going to blink twice if I have a thing for a girl. However, it's not something I struggle with because I know that if the world were to change and for some reason we were to go backwards and it was illegal to be with the same sex and I could never be with a woman again... Of course, I can't say, you know, never, but if I weren't allowed to, I still think I could have a perfectly happy sex life and it wouldn't affect me too deeply. So I don't know where that puts me on the spectrum. I'm totally open to either sex and a connection is a connection, but I definitely know that it's not something I struggle with. Does that make sense? Interesting to think about though where you fall on the spectrum. I'm definitely in that category of girls who are like, well, I don't think I'm gay enough to count as a bisexual woman, but that's bullshit. So yeah, but I've also never felt any sort of need to come out to anyone. I've never had any evidence. And I also live in a place where it would be, no one would bat an eyelash if I said I was dating a girl. Cat Very Popular asks, would I ever write a book? Your storytelling is so interesting. Thank you, that's such a flattering compliment. I want to write a book before I'm 40, that, or by the time I'm 40, or maybe in my 40s. Wow, I'm kind of saying this out loud for the first time. I would love to write a book. I don't think I have enough knowledge under my belt yet. Totally up for debate. I'm not telling anyone that's my age that you can't write a book because you're not old enough. That's just my personal uh, criteria for myself. I want to be a little bit older. I totally could see myself writing a Black Swans style novel like Eve Babbitt's. Uh, not that in any way, shape, or form do I think I am nearly as talented as Eve Babbitt's. I'm just saying a short 
group of essays of personal stories that are maybe fictionized where you don't really know what's truth and what's fiction. It's a little blurry. That way everyone has a bit of safety, you know, because that's one of my biggest fears in terms of storytelling, even on the podcast, like in that episode of sex, I was so concerned because most stories I tell don't involve anyone else. And every single one of those stories inevitably had to involve someone else. And I never want to subject anyone to attention that they a don't have consent for um or b that they they don't want you know a financial question mojo julia asked how to start becoming financially independent from your parents if you live with your parents um i would say start saving every situation when living with your parents is different for example when i was in high school rent groceries things like that that was covered for but movies clothes well unless I went shopping with my mom that really depended if I was by myself I paid for myself if I was with my parents my parents would pay for me and that was rule of thumb but I would save 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 everything that you have try to rack up as much savings as you possibly can enough where you can start paying rent for yourself that is huge save up enough where you can live away and it's a just so good I I loved living with my parents but by the time I was 18 and whatever number and time in your life it sounds good to you but when I was 18 I was ready I was like I am so ready to be an independent woman pay for myself for everything but I made it happen because it was such an important goal to me I mean it's kind of an obtuse piece of advice how to start becoming financially independent I said save but really like, do you need clothes right now? Do you need, like, do you need new clothes right now? Do you really need late night munchies? Do you really need to get the candy and the popcorn at the movie theater? Things like that. Try to skimp where you can. Make all the little sacrifices right now. Uh, also, if you can get someone to help you invest your money a little bit, Jerusalem asked, or said, I'm really nervous about the first kiss thing. Can you give any advice? All right. Well, if you're going in for your first kiss with someone, do little touches slowly, like graze arms, touch his shoulder, her shoulder, whoever. Um, touch thighs, like if you're sitting next to each other. Hug, you know, make sure you're comfortable being physically close with them because that will make turning to kiss them a lot easier. It's sort of warming your body up to being in their personal space. Whereas if you're keeping your personal space the entire time and then you're just supposed to pop into their personal space and give them a kiss, which is a lot more invasive than any of the other previous things that I mentioned, it's going to be really awkward, scary, and um, startling potentially. Whereas you want it to be this slow build up where you're getting closer and closer and closer and maybe your faces are even touching your noses are touching and then your lips will touch that would be my advice to warm yourself up get comfortable in their personal space and then kiss them that's a fun little answer to end on a little kiss story i hope you all just go out and like kiss someone this week just like be a little it's so cute it's so innocent you know so fun uh, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. If you listen to the whole episode, I have nothing but 
love and <laughs> respect for you. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. Thank you for being here. If you like this podcast, feel free to give it a rating on uh, the podcast app. Always love a positive review. Always happy to hear from you. And if you want to get in touch with me in the meantime, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Other than that, like I said, I'll talk to you in the next episode. XOXO, Lexi. This is Julie Chrisley inviting you to listen to our podcast, Chrisley Confessions, on the Podcast One Network. Each week we play listener voicemails and offer advice, suggestions, and opinions based on our own life experiences. Also, listen in to get the latest updates on all things Chrisley. New episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. The General Insurance presents Shower Ballads by Shaq. And I'm gonna keep loving you, cause it's the only thing I wanna do. Turns out, everyone does sound better in the shower. And it turns out, The General is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years. I just wanna keep for a great low rate and nearly 60 years of quality coverage, make the right call and go with the General. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc. and Insurance Agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Dad is the smartest guy you know, so give him a gift that's just as smart, like a battery-powered smart doorbell from Google Nest that lets him see what's happening at his door and answer it from anywhere. The Google Nest doorbell is now on special buy for only $129.99 and works on any home. Find the best and smartest gifts for Dad. Feels like Father's Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid through June 19, 2022 at participating U.S. stores and online. Limit five per customer.